what Hunter Biden's weird guest appearance on a live crypto show reveals about how politicians are coddled by the media in America, and really also what it reveals about just how little the Bidens think of the American people is really pretty insulting when you think about it in the grand scheme of things. You're listening to the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Happy Thanksgiving week again to everyone. I hope you guys are all having a good vacation with whatever it is y'all are doing. Stay safe out there. I know it's it's gotten cold here. It was warm forever, climate change, I guess, and then it suddenly got cold. So stay warm, stay safe. Joe Biden sends billions of dollars to Ukraine just on a regular basis. More frequently than most people get like a regular paycheck, how frequently he sends that money. Hunter Biden is about to be investigated in part for the time that he spent on the board of a Ukrainian company that while he was there was accused of trying to bribe its way out of being investigated for money laundering. And on top of that and all of the other controversies surrounding those two, the crypto company run by one of Joe Biden's top donors and the Democrats' top donors, Sam Bankman-Fried, or SBF as they call him, just collapsed, revealing what many believe to be a Ukraine-Democrat-run money laundering operation. Now, whether or not that's true doesn't matter because many people believe that it's true right now or that it could be true. And with that being the case, among all of the other stuff going on right now, do you think that right now, just after this FTX collapse, the crypto crashing, connected to the Democrats, connected to Ukraine and Biden and all that, would that be a good time for Hunter Biden, the golden child, to be a guest on a live Twitter spaces show about crypto where he is specifically there, according to the advertisement for it, to talk about crypto? One would think that that might not be the best idea for public relations, but if there's one thing that Hunter Biden has always been known for, it's definitely not his decision-making skills. Unless, of course, this was some sort of psyop. We'll see. This is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to go through this. I, don't have, I went through the entire show. It was like a six-hour podcast. Biden was in about an hour of it. And the aftermath of when Biden was no longer on the show was the most interesting part to me. Because at some point during the show... Biden and his handler, and he's definitely there. The, the guy who's there with him is definitely his handler. He has two handlers there. One of them is on the show with him throughout. The other one forces his way into it to bitch at the people running the show later on. So Biden is not his own man, and, and there's no doubt about that. I've never seen a more clear demonstration of how controlled someone is when they're doing an interview or going on some sort of media to talk about something. It's, it's, maybe it was some sort of setup. I don't know, but I haven't heard a lot of people playing this stuff. So I'm going to go through what I thought to be the most interesting clips, just the entire show today. Since it's a holiday, I thought I would do something a little bit different, and that's what I'm going to do. So the host of the show is a guy named Mario Nawfal, N-A-W-F-A-L. He's a serial entrepreneur, an angel investor, and he speaks... Uh, International speaker based in Dubai. A lot of these people are always based in Dubai. Whenever somebody says they're based in Dubai, I start, I start having questions. The guy is currently serves as the chairman of the Athena Group, and he speaks frequently at Davos the UN, and the UN General Assembly uh, about crypto. He's like a crypto expert, and that's what a lot of his Twitter spaces show is. He actually had the biggest space on Clubroom, I think it was. That we, This guy was like one of the most popular people on, then suddenly he just left it and came over to Twitter Spaces. And this show is one of the most popular shows on Twitter Spaces, apparently. And the way it works is they bring guests on, and these guests, 
as long as they have a prominent person with them, then they can promote whatever it is that they want to promote. And the guy that brought Hunter Biden was, he's the guy who originally produced or produced the original Tron movie. I think it was back in the 80s. His name is David Kushner. And the reason he is on the Spaces program is to promote his NFT crypto quantum storytelling project, which is interesting in and of itself. And I'm wondering what that's connected to. I haven't done a deep dive into that yet, but they're using, they seem to be using Hunter as some sort of spokesperson, which I don't know who would want to use Hunter Biden as a spokesperson. You know, you're not going to see Hunter Biden in, in any subway commercials, although they had Jared in subway commercials. So maybe they'll bring Jared back and they'll bring Hunter in. Anyway, they're using Hunter like that. I, I don't understand why, but they're also his handlers. These people are maybe, maybe he, they're just giving him something to do. Maybe that's part of the whole operation. But during the interview, Hunter, as I said, they drop out of the call and they either drop out intentionally or unintentionally. It, you can decide whether you think they dropped out on purpose or not. But after they drop out of the call, the host, he, he kind of gets really frustrated and he starts talking about how pissed off he is and how much of a challenge setting up this whole thing was. And I'm going to start there. So that happens like late in the episode. And after we go through hearing the host talk about how frustrated he was about how controlled the whole interview was, then we're going to go back and listen to Hunter Biden's questions and answers during the interview, knowing the level of control that was there, which the first time you listen to it, you don't know that because you don't hear this until the end. So we're going to start at the end. The first clip here is when he drops out. So they're trying to ask Hunter a question and they realize he's no longer there. The line of questioning that led up to this was this guy, Mario, you can tell that he's like trying to ask about stuff that he knows that he's been told he's not supposed to ask about. He's trying to do it in a roundabout way. And there's already been some instances of the handlers interrupting saying Hunter can't answer these things. So there's already been a couple of those things happen where they've been like, okay, this guy's not following the script. Oh, and the person speaking in this clip here is that Mario Nafal guy, the host of this show, the guy who speaks about crypto at the UN and Davos. Chad, do you have any, any final questions? Mm, you know, I believe my only other question, I guess, because I, you know, I think some people probably are confused as well. You know, you, you haven't sold any NFTs at this point, right? Is it, that's right, Andrew? Have you sold any NFTs? Uh, uh, oh, you just dropped out. Um, I, I look, I think, I think you just dropped out, by the way. Uh, uh, Chet might have disconnected. But Hunter, um, I want to want to just give my, my final thoughts and a bit of feedback very, very openly first. Uh, uh, the, gl the glitches are on their end. That's what they're dealing with. What you see on screen, that is what Twitter spaces look like. looks like. It just shows up on your Twitter page. But they are having the glitchiness. Obviously, it was a bit difficult for us because we had questions we could ask and couldn't ask. And I tried to be as, as open as I can. And I did. Look, man, he did, they just jumped off now. So that, that gives you an idea of how <sighs> behind the scenes that was tough. Like, they have no idea how what, like, what has behind the scenes like yeah, is the stress, the pressure, even Chet faced a lot of pressure. It was unexpected. We didn't prep for it either. So it seems there's a lot of requirements we had to meet. Fuck, that was so stressful, Chet. That was so fucking stressful, man. I tried to do it, bro, but I, like usually, man, I, I'm very open. I ask questions. I debate. I, it's like a free mic. Anyone could ask any questions. We always let debates happen. But this is the first time where we like kind of fucking hands tied 
these are the questions you ask. You can't ask any other questions. And bro, it was difficult. It, I, know, I'm, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate. And, but then and the why, would you, why, would you, why would you have? You'll hear later when you hear the questions, the way the questions are asking, just how controlled it is. It's all, you probably noticed it anyway if you didn't even say it. But once you hear it, it's so clear. A lot of hate and, but then, and the why, would you, why would you why would you have Mon to like promote like his art and stuff if like the goal you, the goal yes yeah, so, and Richard Hart the founder of Hex like go at each other and like speak freely but then you'll let this dude come on and pump his NFTs and like have I agree free I, I I I'll be I'll be I'll be honest I'll be honest I hundred percent agree like we, I was gonna I was chatting to the team I'm like guys like I can't do it I'm just gonna and that's when he jumped off. Like you see them jump off because I was just going to say exactly that. I was just about to open up and say, guys, I'm going to speak openly, et cetera, and our hands are tied. I, it, it's tough Like because on one side, there's two sides to it. I'm trying to be objective. On one side, the goal was to be, you know, away from politics. No problem at all. Um, uh, that's fine because it's not a politic, politics show. About NFTs, great. I didn't like the hyping up, the talking about the project, but this is something we, um, we do on the show. So if someone brings in a really influential guest... We tell them, all right, you can talk about your project as long as you bring the guests in. But then under these circumstances, it, it kind of made it very difficult. Plus, I wasn't aware of all the things that, that like, there's a lot of stories that I wasn't aware of that um, kind of made this significantly more uh, tricky and delicate. But it was fucking tough, man. Like, I, I'll t- so he's talking about all the stories related to FTC and Hunter Biden and the Democrats. He seems to have not known about the Hunter Biden laptop and a lot of the background of his guests. That, that's, that's what I'm guessing. He could be acting, he could be playing along, but he seems genuine in his reaction to me. And I know some people who have kind of woken up to things over the past couple of months. And I asked one of my friends the other day who, who has done that. And I asked him what he knew about the Hunter Biden laptop. And he didn't know anything about it. He knew nothing about it. And that was shocking to me. I mean, it was so. It, it was. It's like not knowing about the Tubin story, which another one of my friends, who is a liberal, had never heard of recently. Like a month ago, I asked him; he had never heard of it. It's because they are in these bubbles and they never are exposed to this information. To not know anything about the Hunter Biden story is extraordinary. But that's why people like CBS or whoever it was, yeah, I think it was CBS, can run a report saying, "Turns out the Hunter Biden thing was true," because the people who watch their network had never heard it before. They, it may be a, in passing a disinformation story they never paid any attention to. So I think that this guy was probably in that in that group of people until he went to go do prep for his show shortly before. Tell you that it was it was really really challenging. Okay, so you see that that was like his big exhale after Hunter left, and he got everything off of his chest that he had been building up in him throughout. The interview, you can hear during the interview, which you'll hear in a moment, that he is trying to ask about the stuff that he knows he's not supposed to ask about. So he's trying to do it in roundabout ways. And that frustration mounts to this right here. And then they continue. He comes out with his rule moving forward right here, which, in my opinion, he breaks shortly thereafter. I learned a lesson here. I think I think it's a great learning lesson. Moving forward, I'm... I'm always fair. I'm objective, but I'm also the freedom to ask any question and debate openly is what, you know, we started the show based on this thesis and it's my fault. Now it's my fault. This is all my fault. No one else's. 
my fault was to accept any guest. I don't care if it's a president next time. Any guest that comes on, have, that's, that's my rule moving forward. As of today, any guest. He's going to hold Joe to a higher standard than his son, Hunter. That comes on from now on has to be ready to be able to answer any fucking question we decide to ask. There's no prepared questions, nothing at all. Every person has to be able to, you know, to, to answer anything without being ready for it. Also, I want to add that, uh, you know, the discussions with Hunter's team, and by the way, I'm very... Mario, Mario, you muted yourself, mate. <laughs> oh. Okay. So now this is not me stopping this. This is them again. So he's saying these things about how from now on, I'm not taking any more S. I, I'm going to hold it. you got to be ready to answer any question. No pre-planned questions. No, no scripting the whole thing out. And then he just gets cut off again in mid-sentence. And the other guy jumps in to pick up. And the guy that jumps in to pick up is one of his co-hosts. His, he's, uh, he interview, he's like an international relations guy. His name is P-Y-O-T-R Curzon. I'm going to call him Curzon. But... He jumps in to talk about what it's like giving a political interview because he's done interviews with he, do, he interviews people from the Chatham House and all the think tanks and all, all the globalists. This guy interviews and he's given us some insight here into what that is like. While his friend figures out why the hell he got kicked off. Mario, yeah, it's constantly muting. Chat chat just fell off as well. It looks uh, like Mario me... keeps uh, self muting. Like you might not um, change your phone, mate. Um, okay, whilst Mario deals with that, I'll just speak to what Mario is saying. I think it's, as someone who's hosted political podcasts or does, uh, politicians are a very, you know, unique animal. They often are quite, you have to treat them differently to artists or celebrities who, you know, are much more free-flowing in their thoughts. Um, politicians are always wary of, you know, the backlash that you get. Um, and because politics is obviously about people's lives or much difficult, more difficult issues, um, hosting them is is is, a, is just a different beast. I, I thought it was quite an interesting discussion. I thought Cher's point about you know raising his own project was a bit, and I, I wasn't impressed that they just both bounced. Maybe it was a technical issue, but I think it was a bit disappointing that they sort of both just disappeared. To be honest. Um, without saying goodbye or anything. Okay, so politicians don't give real interviews. Shocking, right? We're all really, really surprised about that, that they're controlled. So why did Hunter drop off, I wonder? Was it intentional? Because of the line of questioning? Did he have anything to do with it? He might not have, but maybe one of his handlers did. So now it gets even more dramatic. No, uh, hold on. This but, is, I'm just getting messages. I'm getting messages that they didn't leave. Uh, Someone's asking me, why did we remove them? What the fuck is happening? Yeah, they didn't actually. Yeah, yeah, I am, but they didn't actually leave the 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 stage, which is really weird. Well, we can't see them though, so I don't know what that's. Glitch. About. They, they more Twitter glitching. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Twitter. What they they uh, yes, from what I'm hearing from their team, they did not leave. Uh, it appears they got uh, taken off the stage somehow. Yeah, that that's who's muting me. That's <laughs> who's muting Mario. It's, it's a glitch. glitch it's a glitch, Mario. That's why I started talking because you, you you're having an issue. Maybe try changing your phone. Yeah, change change the uh, phone again. Testing, uh, testing, testing. It's fucked up. Okay, we can Do hear you now, Morgan. Working. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. That hopefully it doesn't mute again. The time. This is weird. It's never had this issue. So it's a glitch. 
that keeps muting the host. Twitter's just glitching, and the host of the thing keeps getting muted. I- I've been muted before on the show because I pushed the mute button. I have never been accidentally muted over and over again to the point of where I didn't realize I was muted and I was talking to myself swearing like that guy was. Like I had no idea he was back on air. And he's like, this has never happened before. Why on the Hunter Biden episode does do the glitches come? Now, one of his other buddies on the show here is very irritated with Hunter, and he is not holding it back as well as some of the other guys are. I want to do something about like, you know, the difference between a politician and like an artist and like how you can like treat them, like the questions and stuff. He's literally calling himself an artist. (laughs) Isn't that the whole thing? Like you, he does coming here to shill his art, not as a politician, as an artist. So if he's coming here as an artist to shill his NFTs, we should be able to ask him like simple questions. Fair point. I want to, I want to actually, um, uh, sorry, go ahead, Chet. Well, I just want to make the point that he doesn't have any NFTs. This is this is something that is. Oh yeah, Hunter. Yeah, so he doesn't have yeah, good point. How could he be shilling something he does not selling? That doesn't make yeah, any so sense. So Hunter, Hunter doesn't, but the other gentleman does. Yeah, and that's the point. Is the other guy brought Hunter there so he could shill his stuff? Which I don't know if it's exactly NFTs. We'll hear a little bit about what it is. But these guys did this whole interview, knowing all of the stuff that's going on about Hunter Biden, and they were not allowed to ask about any of it. And their entire show is about crypto. It's about crypto. Crypto is crashing right now. The whole first hour of their show was about the FTX crash. And then they bring on Hunter Biden with all the connections that I I talked about earlier, and they can't ask a single question about it. They have possibly the best person you could interview on the planet in the midst of this FTX crisis and the Democrats and the president, and they can say nothing. Here the host is trying to wrangle the show back in. And he tells the apparently you can jump in and say anything on spaces. I've never done a spaces. I don't know how it works, but that's what it seems like to me. And he tells people to come on and pop in and to criticize him and, and to give him a hard time because I think he is saying it for the purpose of give me a hard time because I let Hunter Biden just control my whole interview or his handlers. But it doesn't really work. His, he does get criticism, but it doesn't work out the way that he thinks. First of all, it starts with a guy giving the stupidest compliment I've ever heard. I want, I want to do something quickly. Uh, anyone putting their hand up, I want to put everything down. And I want people to come up that will give me a hard time. Uh, I actually want to be, I want to be challenged and, and ball busted. Let's see if I'm going to make a mistake. Hey, doing hey Mario, this is Mike Mongo. And uh, before everybody gives you a hard hey, time, I get to acknowledge this powerful space that you created. Like the thing, having Hunter Biden, like you just transformed Web3 in front of everybody's eyes. What does that mean? Like we all got to be part of that. Like this was like hearing, hearing that person, that legendary person, that person that we hear in the news, that name that is just like some sort of like a, like we talk about Santa or we talk about the Loch Ness Monster. It's just mythological, but you brought them to life. This guy just compared Hunter Biden to Santa Claus and the Loch Ness Monster. I'm pretty sure if Hunter Biden comes down your chimney on Christmas Eve, your kids aren't going to get any toys in their stockings. They're going to get some crack rock. The next guy who comes in is one of Hunter's handlers. And you can see who's in control. You can absolutely see who is in control when this guy pops in. Mario asked for a hard time, so I'm going to give it to him. I'm, uh, I'm Donald Kushner's partner in Cryptosaurus, and I work with Chet to set this up. 
And I have not heard anybody thrown under the bus the way you, because of a glitch on your system that knocked Donald and, and Hunter off the network, uh, go so quickly dark and put the blame on somebody that had no control over what happened and, and quickly construct a narrative. This is part of the bullshit that goes on. You build a narrative that had no basis in truth. Chet and I worked a long time to put this interview together. Hunter is, is somebody who does not want to talk about politics because he's not a politician. He's an artist. And we... He's not a politician. He's an artist. He doesn't want to talk about politics. This guy's parading Hunter Biden around to shill his NFT project. And he's like, how dare you say, how dare you bring up politics to Hunter Biden? These people who are handlers like this, they know that most people are nice. They know that most people are kind people who just, they don't want to be pricks to other people. And that when somebody comes up airing a complaint, they're going to at least initially be like, oh, what's the problem? And try and help and be acquiescent to it. And they exploit that just like activists. That's like a Stacey Abrams thing. She knows that anytime she says racist, bigot, whatever, people are going to be like, no, no, no. And that's what this guy's doing too, but just in a different context. He knew that he could own this guy. Took a look at the stream of vitriol that came when you put the, the, the promo up on your on your Twitter feed. Deserved. And it was thousands of, you know, people uh, shit-talking Hunter Biden. So we have to put constraints on this. I've been working on, on um, presenting talent to the world for a long time. I was a publicist on Trump. This guy is presenting talent to the world for a long time. I know talent, I know talent when I see it. Hunter Biden is pure talent. Don't you throw him under the bus. I've been working on... on um, presenting talent to the world for a long time. I was the publicist on Tron. I wrote the book, The Art of Tron. Donald Kushner and I go back 40 years. And what we've got is a legitimate art and entertainment project that's going to be backed by NFTs and a community. And and what Hunter is, is an artist. I want to you agree know, with you. The, um, the, the first, can you, can you hear? Sorry, yes. it just, uh, it just it, uh, glitched on your end. I uh, glitched on his end that time. Just again, just one more shot for those those watching, just to see Hunter in the process of doing his art. This is Hunter. He is an artist. There he is. There's Hunter doing his art right there. Masturbatory art in a sensory, sensory deprivation tank. You have to have some balls. I'll give it to this guy. To pop in to this thing and act like you're a talent representative of Hunter Biden and you're bringing talent to these people and he's doing it all to shill the company that him and the guy who produced Tron that's obvious that's how they got on the show but I mean it's almost impressive that he's able to do that and when people do this they have to do it with aggressiveness they have to have to do it with uh just absolute certainty in the way that they say it because if they are uncertain about it at all, then everybody will be like, oh, you're full of it. But you can say the most ridiculous things possible with absolute certainty. And if you're around a crowd of people who aren't used to questioning things, they won't question. They might quietly be like, is that? But if that person continues to push and push and push, is how pathological liars kind of gaslight people that they're, they're in relationships with. As they push and push and push, 
knowing that the other person doesn't have the, the personality that they do and will give in. And that's what this guy's doing to these people here. These people are trying to be nice and they're trying to host their stuff and they probably in their heads know he's full of it, but they're just trying to like make everything nice and okay. And I, I totally get that. Like I totally get that. I'm like that. Like I'm like that a lot of times. And not all the time. I, I recognize the BS, but I recognize there's a time and place to call it out. But like I can totally relate to not wanting I I don't I wouldn't care at all personally in this situation. I would be like, oh, he's he's an artist, he's talented. Why don't you go through some of his talented art with me? I would challenge him because I wouldn't care. But these guys hosting this roundtable, for some reason, they have some sort of stake in having Hunter Biden in their show. I just, I can't stand people like this. This guy is obviously, he's trying to, he's, he's abusing these guys because he knows he can't. And this guy is just scrambling to try to keep his show going and, and he's, he's got this prick in here who's exploiting that. I, I feel about 95, 97% certain, actually about 99% certain, that one of his handlers kicked Hunter out. Because I heard the guy say, it's never happened before, it's rare that this happens, Hunter Biden drops out. Hunter probably didn't know about it because he's an idiot. He's high on paint fumes all the time. These guys did that because they told this guy to not ask the line of questioning that he asked leading up to Hunter dropping out. So they said, F you. We told you not to ask this. We're pulling him out. Then we're going to come back in. We're going to blame it on you. And then we're going to control the framing and the narrative of what's going on here and put it back in the direction that we want. And that's exactly what happens. I want to agree with you. First, can you you hear? Sorry, it just just, uh, glitched on your end. I want to actually agree with you. Uh, I, I, um, both points you made, I agree 100%, believe it or not. I think the criticism is very fair. The first point you made is I jumped to conclusions. Now, I'm completely against, number one, misinformation. Number two, people making an assumption and treating it as reality. And I actually did that. You're right. Uh, you know what he should have said? He should have said, F you. Hunter masturbates in a sensory deprivation tank while filming himself smoking crack and drinking malt liquor. Hunter goes on two-month-long benders in Las Vegas while he's being handled by Russians and sleeping with Russian honeypots. Hunter is compromised in a national security. That is what he should have done, but he wasn't informed on it all. He just learned a little bit about it, about it before the show. That, that's what I gather from listening to him in this. Um, it's very unusual for, like, for two people to get kicked off at the same time. It happens, though. So I assumed that based on that, and that's my mistake. So I'm, I'm correcting it. It's not you. And I corrected it as soon as Chet told me. So I really apologize for making that assumption. It was just a very, uh, very odd and unusual. And you, you, I just, I don't think, I know my sense is often to be like, this is set up and staged. I don't think this is. I think that this is a naive guy and they knew, they knew this is a naive guy and they knew they could bring Hunter on here and that if it went sideways, that this guy could come in and just dominate this guy. I think that's, I think that's how they set it up. You go in there. You give the illusion you're doing a live event. If it goes sideways, if he tries to ask those questions we don't want to ask, I will come in and I will clean things up and I will wipe the floor with him. So you're right there and I'm really sorry. He's not right. He's, he's wrong. He's completely wrong. You, you were right. The guy was right in his instincts to be mad about it. And you can see that Hunter's handler is taking control of the situation here because he redirects everything and he basically gives them instructions on how to close their own show. 
He tells them what to do. It's, it's, it's their show, and he tells them what to do to end it. I, I'd really like to reset. Yeah. I would like Mario to reset and, and to end this thing on an up note, because our note was optimistic. I thought Hunter was brilliant. You're going to get to hear how brilliant he was in a second. I, I'd really like to reset. Yeah. I would like Mario to reset and, and to end this thing on an up note, because our note was optimistic. I thought Hunter was brilliant. I thought he was just, you know, wonderfully human and emotional and talked about what he's passionate about and talked about a very difficult time in his life that his art has seen him through. All right, this is the last clip before we go to what Hunter actually said. This is him explaining what the quantum storytelling is, which I still don't understand. Maybe you guys will understand it better than me. This is the first real commercial application in the entertainment space of quantum storytelling. And, and, and essentially, it's the science of how and why stories form in networks, how they affect behaviors, and how they're likely to shape the future. It's not a deterministic model. It's nonlinear. It's not cause and effect. It's a probabilistic model. So the way we look at what Donald called the vectors is we make small bets. In a time of uncertainty, the only strategy that makes sense is aggregating small bets that are thematically aligned and storytelling is the way to do that but you can't do it with linear storytelling we're not making a movie a streaming series we're setting the conditions for as many story derivatives to come out of this world as possible so that's that's the nature of cryptosaurs it's cryptosaurs.ai we're in the very very early stages and we're living the story, and people can join us and live it along with us. Story derivatives that are unexpected. I'm not sure what they're using this for. Are they just shilling something to make a bunch of money, or is it actually something that is maybe going to affect the future? They obviously think they're going to affect the future. I'm wondering if this is something that they're going to try and use for these simulations. We do the, They do these training simulations for the pandemic, they do them for the the midterm elections, the t- tabletop, the election 2022, and which we still have one more left coming up in December. I hope nothing happens. But I wonder if this is, because he talks about it creating the future, but not being determinative, which is weird. I don't know. I- I'm not exactly sure what it is. Okay, let's go to the beginning of this. This is the introduction and, and well, they do a couple of introductions to him. It was weird. They were very, you could just tell how nervous these guys were the whole time. They, they were trying to make sure they did everything right. They didn't want to get in trouble. And I think this is Mario who is introducing him here. And he, he basically tells you that if you have any questions to ask, we can't take them because this whole thing is planned out. Uh, Chet, I'll let you go through the, the news. Um, everyone else, so Hunter Biden will be coming on the show shortly. If you've got questions for Hunter Biden, uh, before you start putting them in, you can put them in the comments on the bottom right, but make sure they're only what, the, the only questions we're going to look at are questions relating to NFTs and crypto. So it's going to be a very focused discussion. And, you know, we're not a, a political show. We're uh, and not a drama show either. We're trying to focus. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine... The only reason people are tuning into this is because Hunter Biden's there. The FTX just collapsed and he's there to talk about crypto. What, what are people to think who tuned into this? The, the whole reason they tuned in was to ask him questions about that. And he's saying, nobody here can ask questions about anything you actually wanted to ask questions about. You can only ask about his art, which none of you care about. Focus on, on crypto and Web3 in general. 
and the macro economy as well. So if you've got any questions, the team is legitimately going to go through them in the comments section and, uh, you know, ask the question and, and give you a shout out. Yeah, uh, otherwise, so I'll give the mic to uh, Chet. What's the breaking news, man? Okay, so the breaking news they went to, which was hilarious, right after he did that little introduction, was about FTX and the FTX collapse. And they talked about the problems and they talked about the Democrats. Okay, in this clip, the guy is going to introduce Hunter Biden. And you can tell in his introduction, he doesn't know what to call him, what to say that he is. Whenever you host somebody on a show, you typically do a little research. I mean, if, you, if you're smart, you do a lot of research. And you, you know what, what their thing is, who they are, and, and you know how to tell people who they are. And these guys didn't know how to tell people who Hunter was. I don't know if they did research, but even if they did, even if they did do research, I, I don't know how I would tell people. If I were interviewing Hunter Biden, I have no idea how I would respectfully tell people who he is. Here is the most... Famous sensory deprivation tank crack smoking masturbator. I don't know how I would introduce him. And you can hear that in the way this guy hesitates when he gets to the point of trying to say who Hunter is and then races through it. Listen closely. All right. So now we have Hunter Biden, uh, who is a fantastic individual coming on stage. Here we have uh, Simon uh, Dixon. Let me move him all in a second here. Just, uh, just clearing a couple things off here. Here we have Hunter Biden, who's uh, a fantastic individual. Next coming up. All right. So now we have Hunter Biden, uh, who is a fantastic individual coming on stage. Here we have uh, Simon uh, Dixon. Let me move him all in a second here. Just, uh, just clearing a couple things off here. Okay. Next, the host is going to introduce the guy who Hunter's there with, the producer of Tron that I mentioned earlier. And this is his first handler. You've already heard some of his second handler. This is his first handler. And in this clip, you're going to hear the guy's intro, and then you're going to hear the host introduce Hunter again with a little bit more detail. But notice, though, like, like the guy hesitates again when he introduces Hunter. So Donald Kushner, of course, produced um, the, the legendary, like I said, the legendary motion picture Tron. Uh, which we're all very familiar with, I think, if any of us grew up in that space. Um, and its sequel, of course, uh, Tron Legacy, he was the executive producer for as well. Um, he has thousands, uh, he's produced thousands of hours of primetime television, um, you know, hundreds of feature films, and has helped launch uh, careers of some of, uh, you know, entertainment centers, you know, huge stars out there. You know, his uh, newest project is Cryptosaurus, and that's what he is here uh, also to talk with us about. Uh, we also have Hunter Biden. Uh, on stage, uh, of course, the, the, the son of president, of course, he's an artist. He's going to share his work with us, how he found a career um, and a fresh start in life through his art. And of course, uh, breaking with us as you know, someone how he found a career and if he's an artist and he found he apparently Hunter found a career and a fresh start through art. His views on NFTs, crypto, etc. And how he goes about creating his work in the art side. So they're already nervous, these guys, and they're obviously reading a script. You can tell that. And in this next one, one of the hosts kind of pipes in and he wants to ask the first question to Hunter. And he's granted that wish, but then abruptly interrupted by the script. So guys, so, I want to kick it off I'll, with I'll, a, a oh, do you want me to kick off with the first question or you want you have one chat? 
Oh, no, no, you can kick off with the first question, Mario. Yeah, so so I, I have a, a pretty broad question, guys. At first, you came in under crazy circumstances because we started speaking a, a couple Wait, of weeks no, ago. Wait, uh, no, Mario, let me, let me ask just uh, ask the first question here. So, so, All right, I want to stop that because Mario is the host of the show. This is his show. Chet is the guy that you heard, that other guy who jumped in and, you know, bitched at Mario. He kept referencing Chet and I worked hard to set this up. Chet is the guy with the script. So that's why Mario asked him, hey, can I say the first question? And he initially, he read his script wrong. He said, yeah, go ahead. Then realized, oh, shoot, yeah, no, I have to do it. So this is the first instance in this interview, right at the beginning of how scripted it is. Now we get to hear from Hunter himself. And he's going to talk about how he got started in his art career, what influenced him, and his upbringing has led him down the path to becoming the artist that he is today. Truly inspirational. Hunter, do you mind if I ask you a question about your how you started your art career and what influenced you to get into art? Um, I, I'm well, so, I, the, I just have to stop that. I'm sorry. I know I try not to stop these clips. I know so many people who have been trying to be artists their entire lives. And it's hard. It is not an easy thing to do. Like, even if you start to get success in it, it's difficult to do. And to talk about Hunter Biden in the same way as these people who have dedicated their entire lives to uh, scraping by and making their art worse. I'm talking about painters, too. I mean, I'm, there's every kind of art, but I'm talking about art like paint, like Hunter Biden's a painter. I'm talking about people I know who paint and draw. I know people who sacrifice like everything. And they've made very little money. And I can assure you they're far better at art than Hunter Biden. What an insult. I mean, what an insult to people really working their ass off. Who are very, people who are artists and are very good at stuff like this, drawing and painting, what they're usually very bad at is marketing and business. And I'm not great at it. I, I mean, I, I totally get it. I, I'm better than, than they are at b the business stuff, but I'm not good at either. I'm also an artist. Like, I'm a creative weirdo. So, like, I struggle with the business aspect of it, too. But these guys are so committed to their art that they, they just they don't know how to get themselves out there and turn it into profit. And here you have these people treating Hunter Biden, who's shit, honestly, when it comes to art compared to these people, like he's some professional who's worked his butt off to get to where he is. What, what a crock. The uh, I'm glad you're asking me about that and not the metaverse because everything <laughs> about the about the metaverse I know from Tron in 1982 and the crash course that Donald has given me I just think is an incredibly inventive and uh, creative um, uh, uh, person in his own right just amazing what he's uh, been able to show me about the metaverse but in terms of my um, uh, art. You know, I've always been an artist I, from the, you know, from the time I've been a child. And I, I think that it's always been at the center of my life. Um, and it's, uh, it's been at the center of his life. I didn't see any paintings in that sensory deprivation tank. You know, not until uh, uh, recently have I been able to devote um, uh, the entirety of, of, of my day to art. Hunter Biden devotes the entirety of his day to art. The entirety of his day to art. Any artist who voted for Joe Biden needs to hear this. 
because this is an insult to them. Recently, have I been able to devote um, uh, the entirety of, of, of my day to art? Uh, but my biggest influences were, uh, you know, very traditional. I grew up in the Brandywine Valley and and spent a lot of time at the Brandywine River Museum and with N.C. Wyeth and his kind of uh, mythological landscapes and Andy Wyeth and Jamie Wyeth. And, All those guys. Uh, but that was, uh, you know, pretty traditional start. Lots of art classes and in uh, high school and college, but um, then a more traditional kind of profession uh, uh, career took uh, took shape. And Hunter doesn't even know what to call himself. A more traditional career uh, uh, took shape. What traditional career was that, Hunter? What was that career? Barisma to be a bag man for your dad. That career. He can't even say that stuff with a straight face. And art was always, uh, art was always a part of me and something that I've always practiced, but um, never been able to devote uh, eight hours a day to it like I have for the past uh, three years. Eight hours? Hunter Biden has been devoting eight hours a day to art for the past three years? While his dad has been sending multi-billion dollar weapons packages to Ukraine? Where he used to work on a company called Burisma that was bribing people to prevent being investigated for money laundering and oh yeah his dad and all his dad's buddies in the democrat party got elected in part due to the billionaire funding of sam bankman freed from ftx which just collapsed which as i mentioned at the beginning of the show many believe especially listening to this podcast or this show the people listening to this show believe because these guys talk about it leading up to the conversation with Hunter. They believe that there's a money laundering operation going on between the Demo with the Democrats and Ukraine taking taxpayer money, sending it over to Ukraine via these weapons packages that give all these Azov Battalion Nazis and Zelensky's army weapons. Then they take some of that money, they put it into FTX, and then they take it and they put it in to the Democrat candidates. Now, I'm not saying that that's the truth. I'm just saying that that is what this audience believes because I heard these guys talk about it before the show, before they got Hunter Biden on there. And he's here talking about this. No wonder these people are pissed off. No wonder this guy's getting shit for not challenging Biden. By the way, Hunter gets a $7,000 a month allowance from his father. That came out in one of these uh, laptop things from a, a few months back. $7,000 a month, or, or uh, not a month, a week, excuse me. That's $28,000 a month. That's $280,000 at least a year. More than that, actually. It's over $300,000. He, he gets that as an allowance. I think anybody who didn't do crack all the time and, and put all their money into hookers would be able to spend eight hours a day doing art with a over $300,000 allowance from their dad a year. Go f I mean, this, this talk about privilege. I mean, this is real privilege. Okay, on that point of Hunter's privilege, I think I'm going to wrap the show up right there, the DNB anyway, and we're going to continue going through the rest of these clips in the DNB XR, the subscriber-only portion of the show. I appreciate you guys listening. If you want to get access to the subscriber-only portion of the show, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there today. Have a fantastic Thanksgiving, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.